Come on, Jesus. Mark 16, 14. Here we go. Ready? It says this. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, I don't know what. Still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after they had been raised from the dead. And then he told them, go into the world ah, and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe, and they will cast out demons in my name, and they will, see, they will speak in new languages, and they will be able to handle snakes safely. And if they drink anything poisonous, it will not hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. They will be healed. But he said, go into the world and preach the good news. Listen, God's already said go. He's given us the, I mean, it's not like we need permission, but he's saying, listen, go, and everything is coming behind you. All of the kingdom of heaven is behind you and I. But see, when Jesus says go, this, this is a key point for us. When Jesus says go, it's because he's already gone before us. And he's already finished it. It's finished, man. It is finished. Whoa. Jesus. His command is to go. Is done, it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's connected to the promise in Matthew 28, 19. And this is what it says in Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands that I have given you, and be sure of this. I am always, even to the end, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Come on. That's his promise. The commissioning to go is connected to the promise that he is with you to the very end of the day. He's got you, man. He's, oh. <laughs> Holy Ghost, okay. In Matthew 10, 7, this one, I just love this scripture. We know this one. We should know this one. Go and announce to them. Ha, here we go. Go and announce to them. That the kingdom of heaven is near. Listen. The, <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cure those with leprosy. Cast out the demons. Give freely as you have received. 
That is a mandate from heaven. So now he tells us to go. And the go is connected to the promise. And the promise is that I will be with you to the very end of the age. And then he says, but when you go, you have all power and all authority to raise the dead, heal the sick, and cast out the devil. Now that's a good go. That's a good go. Jesus. I've been praying about this because the message is called living a life positioned for the harvest. And I said, Lord, I, what does that look like? Lord, I want to be that person. Like, like I want to be that person that is positioning myself, God, to be a part of this, this, this end-time harvest that you're talking about, Lord. You know, we've heard the, the prophetic words about the billion-soul harvest that's coming, and I believe that. There's a harvest that is coming. There's a move of God that is coming to this nation. There's a move of God that is coming to this world. There's a move of God that's going to hit this planet. Come on. And I just believe it. In the midst of all the craziness and the political drama, God is on the throne. And he is in control. He's not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He's not an independent. He is God Almighty. That's who he is. And he's on the throne. And there's going to be a move of God that we haven't seen that's going to hit this planet. Come on. And we can say things like planet because we're not of this world. <laughs> I'm, I'm a citizen of heaven and so are you. Come on. So I was asking the Lord about, you know, people that in history that have were able to be positioned to see a life of the harvest. And I was talking to my wife about this the other day. And, and the Lord led me to somebody named, and we know this name, William Seymour. William Seymour. In 1906, God used William Seymour to spark one of the most powerful moves of God that ever hit this nation. The Azusa Street Revival. It took place in Los Angeles, California. It was led by William Seymour. He was an African-American preacher. Oh, Jesus. The revival began in April the 9th, 1906. 1906. And if I'm not mistaken, it started with, was it seven? Jeff, you're probably going to help me with this, but it was either seven or 12 men that were praying in the spirit. See, his message, William Seymour's message, he was a pastor, he was a preacher that went around preaching the power of God, praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. And he had gone to a, a he had gone to a place and they actually kicked him out of the church. 
They kicked him out of the church because they didn't like what he was doing. They didn't like he was praying in tongues. And so they got together in this place. And, and, and don't quote me on this, but I believe it was seven or 12 men. And they began to pray and they began to worship the Lord. And they were praying in tongues. And it says that the power of God came so powerfully that it, it knocked them off of their chairs. Can you imagine just the manifest power of God coming where you're sitting and poof. They came and they flew back and they were knocked off their chairs. Oh, Jesus. There were seven people. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. And what happened was people from the city began to hear about what was going on in this little bitty house on Bonnie, I believe it was Bonnie Ray Street. I, and I, I encourage you to go read about this, the Azusa Street Revival. And they started hearing about what God was doing, and people started coming from all over the world to be a part of what God was doing. But he allowed himself to be positioned in a place to encounter God, to see a great harvest manifested. That's what happened. And until this day, Azusa Street Revival, what was birthed there, has sent more missionaries throughout the world than anything in the history of this nation. In this nation, guys. There's a harvest. There's a harvest. Another man that the Lord showed me about, his name was Evan Roberts. How many of you have ever heard of Evan Roberts? Evan Roberts was the man that the Lord used for a revival that broke out in 1904. And it was called the Welsh Revival. The Welsh Revival. This revival resulted in over 150,000 people converted to Jesus. People all over the world, hundreds of thousands of people's lives were transformed. And if I can get our, our team in the back ready with that audio clip. Because what happened was this. The way that move of God happened, it started with a little girl. And what I, I want you to hear this. And as I, I play this, I want your spirit to grab this. Because there was a move of God that happened, and this little girl stood up in the middle of the meeting, and she began to sing this song. And when this song came forth, it sparked forth a move of God that was heard throughout the world. Can y'all play that song? Please turn it loud. The name of it was called Here is a Love.
Y'all need some more time? Well, this young girl, she stood up and she began to sing this song. And I want to read you the lyrics. And then give them some time to get this together. But it says this. Here is a love. There you go. Let's hit some. Well, let your spirit grab that. connected this was to revival. And I want, to, I want to read the words because this little girl stood up and this is what she said. Here is a love vast as the ocean loving kindness as the flood when the prince of life our ransom shed for us his precious blood who his love will not remember who can cause to sing his praise he can never be forgotten throughout heaven's eternal days on the mount of crucifixion fountains open deep and wide though the floodgates of God's mercy flowed vast and gracious tide Grace and love, like a mighty rivers, poured instance from above, and heaven's peace and perfect justice kissed a guilty world in love. Let me all thy love accepting, love thee ever all my days. Let me seek thy kingdom only, and let my life to be thy praise. Thou alone shall be my glory. Nothing in the world I see. Thou hast cleansed and sanctified me. 
thy thyself hast set me free. In thy truth thou doest direct me by the spirit though thy word. And thy grace my need is meeting and I trust in thee my Lord. Of thy fullness thou art pouring. Thy great love and power on me without measure full and boundless drawing out my heart to thee. Listen, guys, I don't know about you, but this next wave that we see, God, and I just believe this to be true, that this next wave we see happening is going to be noted by his love. It's going to be a revival of love. It's a love revival that's coming forth. If we want to see a move of God, if we want to see a harvest, we have to get to a place where we learn how to love people. We have to love. And not with our mouth. Listen, I know what I'm saying. I've done this. I'm guilty. I've been there where, where I say I love somebody, but I don't love them. I love them from that far away. And I've got bitterness inside my heart. And I've got, I've got things in my heart. How can we expect to see a move of God if we're not willing to forgive and to love people? Love. Love, I'm telling gosh. This little girl stood up and sang about the Father's love. And when she began to sing with a pure heart, unrelenting unto God, it sparked a move of God. She was positioned for the harvest. That moment, God positioned her. And then because of that obedience, over 150,000 people worldwide came to know the love of God. That's big. It's so good. Another person the Lord led me to is a man we know, we've heard of. His name was John G. Lake. Man, I love some John G. Lake. And you can read about John G. Lake, and I promise you, you'll be blown away. I won't have enough time in this service to even talk about even a quarter of what happened with this man's life. But his name was John Graham Lake, and he was born in Mar- on March the 18th in 1870 in Ontario, Canada. He later moved to Michigan. Come on, Michigan? Not that far, right? Ah. But the thing about John G. Lake is that his family was inundated, was inundated with illness. He was inundated with illness. He was one of 16 children. And over the course of his years, eight of them died. 16 kids, 16 brothers and sisters, and eight of them died. So he grew to hate sickness. He grew to hate the plans of the enemy. I mean, he, he was like, I'll, he was against it. He grew to hate sickness and grief and death. 
because it was such a part of his family's life and his history. Later on in life, John G. Lake, he was called to ministry, and he studied to become like a Methodist pastor, a Methodist preacher. And again, I, I encourage you to please go research John G. Lake because there's a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm missing. But sickness still haunted him everywhere he went. His brother was an invalid. His sister had extensive cancer in her body. Another one of her sisters had bleeding problems. And his wife had tuberculosis and heart disease. Talk about a bad. Come on, man. Listen, just think of the worst things. And he, he was dealing with this. But he wanted, to, he wanted to see something different. So in 1899, the family heard about a man named John Alexander Dowie who was in Chicago. Powerful ministry. That's a whole other story. We got to do we One day we just got to sit down and talk about revival history. Alexander Dowie. There was a lot of media attention going on, so they wanted to go and they wanted to take their family to get healed. So they took Lake's brother to the healing rooms in Chicago. And when they took him there, he was instantly healed. Instantly healed. The Lord healed him. In 1904, Lake moved to Chicago, and he began to work with Alexander Dowie, and they saw miracles and the power of God everywhere they went. Everywhere they went. See, I'm telling you these stories because it's, we're talking about living a life, positioning yourself for the harvest. Later on in life, John G. Lake felt a call to go to Africa. Here I am, God. Send me. Well, he felt Africa. So he's called to Africa in 1908. And over a five-year period in South Africa, they saw over one million souls come to Jesus. One million souls, guys, listen. When you position yourself for the harvest, God is faithful. Why? Because he said to go. And he gave you the promise that I'll be with you till the end of age. Come on. They saw over a million souls, and they planted hundreds of churches, and they raised up over a thousand local ministers and partners and pastors. In South Africa. Jesus. So, here we go. I want to give, because I love to give some points and keys. So, I got a couple keys for us today. So, if you're taking notes. A couple keys for living a life positioned for the harvest. Number one. We must have a heart to receive. We have to have a heart to receive. 
Acts 1.8 says this. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Hey, hey, ha, come on. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Too many of us are willing to receive only if it's under our own conditions. I'll, I'll take it, God. It has to, ha it has to fit our mold. It has to fit what we're comfortable in. So we must have a heart to receive. We must, um, to receive our hearts, we must be open and prepared. Our hearts must be open and ready and focused by faith. We have to be focused. So question, how do we receive and how do we, how do we get our heart to receive? We get up every day. Come on, this, this is something, these are just points that I want to give you. These are nuggets for you. And some of it may be very simple. But we get up every day and begin to flow in the spirit. You position yourself. Come on, I'm going to be honest. You know what? Uh -huh. I have found myself, even recently, and I've got myself out of it now, where I'll get up. I get up early. I get up early. My wife, whew, she does not like me getting up that early. But I'm up early, and usually I'm like to, I'm, I like to spend time with the Lord. I turn on my worship, and I'm doing that. But lately, this past couple of weeks, I've been like, I'll get up. I'll grab me a cup of coffee. I'll set it down. Then i pull out my iPad. And then I turn on my game. Here I am collecting my coins and swiping away and like building up my army, sending attack armies over here and sending my attack armies over there. And before I know it, I'm two hours into my game. Not me. I'm just being, being honest. So here it is, already 9 o'clock in the morning, and I have done nothing. 10 o'clock in the morning, I've done nothing. <laughs> oh, gee. This comes from the man that tells me don't call him before 12. So, I say that because we have to become intentional to fix it. And this is something we say in our family. Just fix it. Don't look. Just fix it. Stop it. Stop it. So, now I'm getting up in the morning and I'll go and I may only do 10 minutes on my game. But I'm being intentional, and I'm pulling on my word more, and I'm doing my worship. I mean, because we got to become intentional. If we want to see the harvest, it's not going to come by playing video games. It's not going to come by scrolling through Facebook. It's not going to come by just being complacent. It's going to cost you something. We have to be intentional. 
we have to prepare ourselves a heart, our hearts to receive. We got to put ourselves in a place of worship. We got to put ourselves in a place of intimacy with the Lord. I mean, block everything out. Get on the floor. There's more on the floor. I promise you. I say that all the time. Listen, in worship, man, there's more on the floor. Get on your face. Some of our most powerful encounters that we ever had came from a posture down, nose in the dirt. And we saw moves of God. We've had encounters from that place in that position. We've got to position ourselves to receive. We have to keep our hearts sensitive. Wow. That's why it's important that we don't walk in unforgiveness. That's why it's important that we walk in love. We must also protect our hearts with all diligence. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything flows from it. Listen, if your heart is bitter, that's what's going to flow out of you. What, how, our mouth speaking out of the abundance of our heart. So whatever in my heart is what's going to come out of me. You see, God is ready to give us more. But some of us are not in the position to receive the very thing that he has for us. See, if I wake up in the morning and I'm playing my game and I'm doing what Pete wants to do, I'm not in position. I have moved myself away from the very thing. Some of us in this room, we have, we have depositioned ourselves. We have, we have pulled ourselves away from the very thing that God wants us to do. And God is saying, what are you doing? Come back. Come back. Come back. He wants to give you everything. So number two, we must have faith to release Faith believes for the impossible and sees the invisible. We have to change the way we speak. If we want to see the harvest, we have to change the way we speak. Okay, Lord, you want us to get a tent and it's going to cost three grand. Oh, man, we're never going to be able to get that. Damn, I just spoke that into existence. Are you, are you capturing what I'm trying to say? God, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. God will respond to an expectant heart. You know, listen, I'm going to give you an example. You come into church in the morning. Uh, I don't want to be here. 
I can barely get up. Some of us walk in here, we still got the white stuff on our face. We're so tired from the night before. I'm only here because my mom brought me. Just giving you examples. But when you come in expecting a move of God, when you come in, man, I know there's something that I have. Lord, I know you got something for me this morning. When you come in with an expectancy in your heart, guess what? Revival comes out of you. The refreshing comes out. The resting, oh, the renewing comes out. Why? Because he says, I, I, I give to the expecting heart. When we come expecting, he meets us right where we're at. Right where we're at. Hey, shake, kade, ba. Whoa, come on. Are you living a life being positioned for the harvest? Or are you just standing by, kicking dust off your feet? Are you just, come on. He responds to our expecting hearts. Make all preparations as though God is about to send the greatest move of the Holy Spirit ever seen. Every move. Oh, come on. Listen. Listen, listen, Linda. Listen. Okay. Listen. Everything we do, <laughs> we have to do it with an expectancy that God is about to do it big. I don't know if the Ohio Blaze is going to have 25 people or 2,500 people or five people, but I'm believing that there's going to be a spark that's going to happen in the spirit that's going to just ignite something in Ohio, that there's going to be a flame that's going to burn in this city, that's going to burn in this state, that's going to burn in the nation, and there'll be a move of God that's going to come forth. That's what I believe. And that's, that's the expectancy. Can you imagine if everybody in this room had that expectancy? Man, I want to drop the mic right here. Come on. Listen. If we, ah, Holy Ghost. If that, we would be in revival right now. We would be in revival right now. Right? Oh, Jesus. Man, I feel the glory. Thank you, Lord. Begin to confess with your mouth. Father, you are good. Speak it forth. You're good, God. You're faithful, God. I thank you, God, for the move, God. I thank you for my family, for my husband, for my wife, my son, my daughter. You want to see a move of God? Start confessing with your mouth and believe in your heart. Jesus told the woman, woman, if you just believe, you'll see my glory. ha, <laughs> ha what he said. He wasn't lying. If you just believe, you'll see my glory. Oh. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Ah. Shake it. 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 
Declare his goodness to yourself. Declare it to your wife. Declare it to your children. Declare it to your friends. Declare it to your family, your sons and daughters. Listen, grab your son. I don't care how old they are. Thank you, Father, for my son. I thank you for the seed. And right now I declare, God, that this young man's going to transform the world. I speak his purpose and his destiny right now. Because there's kids in this room that will change the world. There is no such thing as a baby Holy Ghost. <laughs> Number three. Okay, I'm going to try to finish this, guys. Number three, we must take action. And we have to press in for more. Take action and press in for more. How do we do that? We get out in the streets. Ah, Listen, we got to get out of that place of being comfortable. We got to get out of this. Listen, I, 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 when, when I do like schools and I teach about evangelism, I have something, we, we call it the chicken line. Some of us are afraid to go past the chicken line. It's a chicken line because we're a bunch of chickens. We got to cross the chicken line. <laughs> we got to get on the streets. We got to tell people about the goodness of God. We got them. That's the way we'll see revival. Faith without corresponding action is still evidence of doubt. Let me say that again. Faith without corresponding action is still evidence of doubt. We need to start mobilizing for the harvest. If you're expecting the harvest, you got to start mobilizing for the harvest. Come on, listen. When you're going to war, when a nation is going to war, what's the first thing they do? They mobilize. They put the trucks on the trains. They put the tanks on the trains, and they start sending them where they got to go. It's time to mobilize. In the natural, <clears throat> the farmers and the harvest, when it comes to harvest time, they work harder and they work longer. And I've been learning that. I, we have farmers in here. And I hear about how hard it is and what they do. They're moving tractors around. They got chickens and they're harvesting chickens. And they're, oh, it's a whole day of work. And when it's harvest time, it's a lot of work. You work harder than any time of the year during the harvest time. And the reason why they do that is because they don't want to miss their blessing. 
Because if you wait too long, it'll spoil or the chicken might get too big and people won't want to buy it or the pigs get too fat and you can't sell. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons that I don't even know about that. I sound like I'm talking like I know, but I don't. <laughs> this is what I just hear from all you guys. But they, they don't want to miss their blessing. So they work hard. Right now it's harvest time. It's harvest time in the spirit. And there have been seeds that have been planted. Listen, not just seeds that have been planted by you, but there are seeds that have been planted by somebody's grandmas, somebody's moms, somebody's sisters. There are seeds that have been planted throughout this state. And you guys are the harvesters. And you guys get to go out and harvest that. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. I'm not going to be able to finish this, guys. There's just too much. Thank you, Lord. I want to close up with this scripture. If I can get the worship team to come on up here. Thank you, Lord. There's a harvest out there that's waiting for us. In the natural, it is harvest time. And I share this message because September the 17th and the 19th, we're going to do this gathering. We're going to do this gathering. First, Tim, uh, 2 Timothy 4, 5 says this. Um, but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. And it's going to be all of us that are out there that day. Every one of us is going to have to be a light. Every one of us has to, has to have a grid of who God is. Because there's going to be people out there that are going to need to know who Jesus is. And you may be the only time they get to hear about this Jesus. That's why in 2 Timothy 4, 5 it says, Do the work of the evangelist and fulfill your ministry. That is part of your call. That is part of your ministry. Oh, well, now let just so-and-so, brother, so-and-so do that. Oh, that's not what I do. I don't do that. I'm more of a, you know, I'm more of the teacher. No, 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 no. Do the work of the evangelist. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them how much he loves them. When, when in doubt, if you don't know what to say, I just want you to know how much Jesus loves you. Our evangelism should always start with, for God so loved the world. That's where we start. <laughs> Romans 1.16, I'm going to read this again. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God's to salvation for everyone who believes. 
for the Jew, the first, uh, also the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I want you to get this, guys. There are people out there right now that need to know how much Jesus loves them. They need to know how much he cares. I know it's a little bit longer. And I know we've, please listen, hear my heart, guys. I need you to get this. We cannot continue to live our life passing by people and just leaving them alone. There's going to come a time where you're going to be standing in front of the, the king. That day of judgment. There's going to come a time. And he's going to ask you. That day. On this time. And that lady. Why did you tell them about me? Why, why did you tell them how much I love them? Why, why, why did you just walk away? Why did you walk away? They wanted to kill themselves that night. They didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't know. And that has to be our reality. There's a dying generation. And it's up to you and I. Listen. There's a harvest waiting there's a harvest waiting. And we have, to, we have to love people. We have to love them. Don't love with your mouth. Love with your heart. Love with everything that's inside of you. For God so loved the world that he gave. Let's stand. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you, God. We thank you for the revelation of who you are, Lord. And even now, Lord, as we stand, God, if there's been any complacency in our own lives, God, in our own walk, God, I ask that you begin to reveal that to us right now. And right there where you're at, listen, don't worry about who's next to you. But if you have found any complacency, even in your own walk, just give it to the Lord right now. Just say, God, I give it to you. Lord, I position myself for the harvest right now, God. I position myself right now. This morning, God, this morning, Lord, I position myself, God. Lord, I'll go after the one, God. 
Thank you, Father. Lord, remove any condemnation from us right now. All condemnation leave. There's no condemnation. And we thank you, God, that what you reveal in our lives, God, you heal in our lives, God. What you reveal, you heal. And I thank you, God, that even now there's a fresh awakening that's happening in our own lives and our own families and our own walks, God. That even now that we would say, God, that we position ourselves this day for the harvest, God. We position ourselves this day, God, as that living vessel, God, a living testimony, God, for your goodness, God. And today, God, we say yes, Lord. Today, God, we say yes, God. We say, we'll go God right now we thank you God Jesus we thank you Father we thank you Lord hey how are you doing this is Pete Garza here senior pastor of the Revival Hub here in Bryan Ohio I just want to say thank you so much for joining us this morning we pray that you are encouraged and you are blessed by the service that you just heard by one of our pastors one of our leaders you know, I want to ask you a serious question. You know, maybe you've never heard about this Jesus that we're talking about. Maybe you've only heard stories about a God who is, who is angry and, and who's waiting for you to make a mistake so you can be punished. I want to tell you something. There's a God in heaven who loves you and his thoughts for you are good and everything he has for you is for good. And there's a Jesus that loves you. It says in John 3, 3, 16, that he says, For God so loved this world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That whosoever is me and whosoever is you. So this morning, I want to ask you a question. Do you want to know this Jesus that we're talking about? Here's an invitation. All you got to do is, it's so simple. And sometimes we make things so complicated, but it's so simple. Simply say this, say, God, I repent of my sins. Please forgive me. I ask that you, you come and you, you touch my heart, God. Remove all areas of myself away from me. Lord, I surrender my all. And I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. And I believe that he reigns for eternal so I just, it, listen, it, it's that simple. If you said that right now, I want to congratulate you and welcome you to the family of God. It's simple. God bless you. Stay connected.